Happy New Year, and thanks for tuning in to this first episode of 2024 of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie, and I am your host this week. We are pleased to present to you actor Erica Alexander, who is in a film that is all the rage right now. It's getting a lot of buzz, particularly under the awards circuit. The film is called American Fiction, currently nominated for Golden Globe Awards, also Critics' Choice Awards, and Erica Alexander herself is also nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for Best Supporting Actress in her role in the film. And we are also pleased to talk to her about her work outside of American fiction. She's done work in the comic book space. She's done TV shows. So if you are a fan of Erica Alexander, whether you're anticipating watching American fiction, you've already seen the film, or you're a huge living single fan and you loved Maxine back in the day, and you just love everything that Erica stands for, then Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast featuring actor Erica Alexander. Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with Black Girl Nerds and be on our podcast to talk about your incredible work, your First of all, your career and also this riveting role that you are in with this film called American Fiction, which is all the buzz right now, specifically in the awards conversation. It's gotten a lot of nominations throughout several uh, critics organizations. Right now, it's gotten nominations through the Golden Globes. Critics' Choice Awards, and specifically, you have gotten an Independent Spirit Award nomination. Congratulations on that. I wanted to ask you first, what does that mean to you, getting that kind of nomination? Well, it's beautiful. Thank you, by the way, for having me on. This is great, Um, especially to talk about this film. It's fantastic. I think there's a lot of performers, especially performers of color, that would say they do not do this for the awards. And one of the reasons they say it is because so often you do not get awards. And so many of people who have preceded me in this business and have been amazing um, performers and performances uh, never got any um, accolades or recognition and uh, don't have those credentials, but they have the love of the people. And I have existed on love people for a very long time. And so my expectation was uh, no matter what, that would be the same. It's really wonderful to have these conversations and to be in this space. But um, I have to say, um, it the, the, the subject of the movie kind of is a reflection of that real um you know, reality. So I'm grateful. And yet um, there's a great levity to how I feel about those things. You play Coraline in in American fiction who becomes a love interest to our protagonist Monk, played by Jeffrey Wright. And you've mentioned before that she falls for him romantically before she even met him. Explain what you meant by that. Well, she's his most ideal audience and she read him because she was attracted to his writing 
she even gives them the great compliment compliment as they're walking in the Everglades and eating ice cream that he writes women well. And so I think that even though he's looking for popular success, he has had impact and that's brought their chemistry together and it's aligned. And I think it's really great that you could be attracted to somebody for their gift or their art and then meet them and realize you have chemistry. So that's what I meant, that she's uh, she's been called to the uh, to the majors by him, but he feels like he's a minor league player still. Both you and Jeffrey have a theatrical background as working actors. Is it easier to work with an actor with that kind of craft and experience in their resume? And does it help inform your performance working on screen together? It, it definitely is e easier. Um, talk about the major and the major leagues, I really feel like these are people that I admire and that I would admire if I never worked with them or met them. Turns out that um, we met each other as as surrogates in the campaign for uh, 2016 for for the Democratic campaign for president. president. And also um, admired his work uh, throughout the years you work your whole career sometime to get in a project that has people you admire. And then you find out that you admire them even more on set and that you feel not intimidated by, I don't feel intimidated by the prospect. I feel excited because I've been in this old, old, a long while, I think more than most people, 40 years next year. And so I feel like um, a major player who often was benched. And so I'm like, put me in coach. And uh, so that's how I feel like he's he's great on first and second and all that. But I feel like Jeter, I can play all bases. I can run, hit and, you know, catch balls. And you really feel very gratified to be with players who, you know, are going to toss you um, some great, um, you know, you have a great conversation with um and the acting space but you know that they know you can hit and you know they can hit so we all respect each other I said that's Babe Ruth over there that's blah 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 here I am you know doing uh being captain of the team as far as I'm concerned so let's do it I mean you say 40 years next year I mean that is, is so impressive and and you you've got this long stellar career, you've done many genres, you balance comedy and drama very well from years of playing Maxine on Living Single to doing these dramatic projects and now with American fiction. What would you say is more challenging as far as genre roles are concerned? Comedy, drama, do you have a preference? I don't have a preference. I see it all as one thing acting. Um, some people are better at some things than others. I found out very early I had the facility for all. And so I never really made a category designation for anything. I think a lot of people who have to be a lot of things uh, have to exist in a world that if you're not good at many things, you're not going to survive. You're certainly not going to thrive. So I started out in drama and in theater and in independent film and in very really deep 
um, difficult roles, challenging roles. Um, and then I uh, was uh, discovered, uh, I hear partly by Camille Cosby, whose best friend was Gloria Foster in another dramatic role called The Forbidden City off Broadway with the great Joseph Pat, who created um, the, uh, the, the public theater and uh, got called one day to Mr. Cosby's house where he created the role of Cousin Pam for me right in front of my face and then did Cousin Pam where I didn't think personally that I was um, funny um, at all. <laughs> but I learned that the audience and the camera were collaborating with each other to make a different type of performance. And once I understood that, by the time I got to living single, I felt more comfortable. And I think I had a better character to show perhaps my um, my uh, comedy skills, which I always thought I was funny at home, but never on the screen because I wasn't asked to be. And then suddenly people found Maxine Shaw because I understood, again, the genres or better sitcom. Um, and I also thought the character uh, met me at a place where I could play it. So, you know, now people know me as funny, but the industry, the industry, you know, casting directors and all that, uh, to this day, know me very, very much as a dramatic actress. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and and now more people will see you as a dramatic actor because you are absolutely stunning in the role of American fiction. And you've got a very coveted nomination as your performance as Coraline. Um, is there a film or a role or perhaps a job in the entertainment industry that you haven't done yet that you do want to explore? Uh, yes, I would love to play. So, you know what? I thought about this because I said I need to have an answer because I'm always overwhelmed with the types of things that I'd like to perform or um, do. I grew up where they had these weird sort of mashups of genres, of bizarre characters that we now, you know, uh, I don't think we see as much. But I love the Pink Panther, Peter Seller. I would love to be the my version of the Pink Panther, of kind of a hapless detective going around, very seriously making points, but physical, physical comedy coming to space, the absurdity coming to space. Because I know that one of my gifts is that I am a really good physical comedian. And I would love to do that. I would love to mix that sort of intellectual thing with the absurd. And English people do that all the time. They do it very well. And I would love to do that. Um, I, I would also love to play somebody who, you know, might have been living that people might be surprised to see me play. I can sing in a way that I think people don't know. But um, mm. I would like to train for that. I would like to play big figures in history and re and remake them. Meryl Streep's been asked to do that. She's played rabbi, male rabbis and things like that. I'm a character actor. I'm known as that um, as well, that I would love to, to just find those weird characters that they say, we don't quite see how this gonna, that's gonna happen. And then I come in and can, you know, create uh, a really good synergy with the director or writer or, and, and create something really, really new that feels fresh. And I would be remiss if I did not bring this up because we here at Black Girl Nerds absolutely loved what you have done in the comic book, graphic novel space with your yeah. work on Concrete Park. Love that book through and through. So Thanks. do you have any plans to go back to 
working in comics and, and navigating that space a little bit more? I would love to. I am um, still writing, but just in, you know, podcasts and series and screenplays and things like that. There's so much work to be done. There are so many exciting people to collaborate with and um, you know, people I admire. John Jennings has a new imprint and you've got people like um, Sanford Green and, and David Walker, all the people I love. Obviously, my original um, collaborator. Uh, creative collaborators, Tony Perrier, to do more Concrete Park, to do spinoffs and things of Concrete Park. I would like to do all of that. I would like to help also lift and elevate the voices, the new voices that are there. Um, that's one place where I think age is not a factor, but I do think that we don't often have put the muscle and the funding where we need to. And there's amazing people doing great work, um, Laramie Taylor, who's a disabled artist, um, doing something with him from a, a comic book he did right now, actually, with Color Farm Media um, uh, called, oh, God, what is it? It's about it's about um, disabled people having sex and being sexual people. Wow. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm excited about a lot of things, but we're trying to also, you know, move that into the TV space, TV and film. It's difficult because you can't find funders. Uh, if, if people of color think they can't find funders, try being disabled. That's a whole nother space. So, um, yeah, I'm happily do it. And Josh Whedon, you know, uh, thing with Giles was really great. It would be great to collaborate on something that exists, you know, to create either Walking Dead or, you know, again, other genres. Also podcast be great. I would love to see a live action adaptation of Concrete Park. That would just be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> working on that. We're working on that. It's a heavy lift. And also in the game space too. Want to do yes. that. Want to do more of that with um, and HB, HBCUs, you know, use them as collaborators. And I don't know, there's so many ways to build. But yeah, I'm with you. That's awesome. Uh, my last question to you is, you know, what, what are you the most, I mean, you've done so much, obviously, you know, film, television, comic books and now you're interested in navigating new spaces with gaming and what are you most proud of so far in your career? I expanded my skill set because I felt it was necessary to remain relevant. I also did it as partly as proof of life that if you had a decent and good idea and you were able to learn new things and build with different people that you could not only extend your career, but create other avenues for yourself. So you didn't get discouraged. I worked very hard to stay encouraged and um, not let no or other people's evaluation of, of, of what I'm worth or whether the project is worth. Um, to, to stop me from some type of success. It won't always work. And um, I'm not saying it works for everyone, but for me, it's, uh, I think, an example of organic sustainability. So I like to think that even doing documentaries and directing and working as an activist and being, you know, putting the investment of time, not always money. We, I don't necessarily always have money, but time inside of, of, of um, 
uh, education and curriculum and all those places. Um, found out many years of doing Maxine Shaw that all these fantastically powerful um, black women, especially, have said uh, they went into law and politics and to in leadership positions because of that character. Um, now creating different avenues to help people middle school and high school and early college to actually succeed. That's that to me is is what the industry can do and what these platforms can do. And so that's what I'm most proud of. I'm proud of all the other things that it gave me um, access to, but also I'm really proud that I didn't bury my spirit and I didn't become jaded um, and or cynical. I created, I, I put that energy to work for me and uh, for my community. And I hope that when people look, they'll say she built um, a career, but I think she helped build a, a village. And we here at Black Girl Nerds are proud of you, Erica. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Again, congratulations on your Independent Spirit Award nomination. American Fiction is currently in theaters. Uh, the Independent Spirit Awards, I believe, is premiering in February. So we will be watching <laughs> and we will be rooting for you. Thank and you. Thank you so, so thank much. You. For thank you for always supporting my career. And over the years, you've been so wonderful and so powerfully um, uh I don't know. You're in, you're you're there before other people are aware. And so thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. You take care. Have a great holiday, by the you way. You too. We're gonna both have a great holiday. Have some <laughs> fun. And I'm I'm hoping people go see the movie and tell a friend. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Bye. Take care, love. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.